Robbery Week! Welcome to episode 60 of Cox by 90. I am your host, show me your TDs. Boy, has it been a fun week and a half to be a Gamecock. I tell you, these are the happy days. These are the ones that we look forward to as a new year turns or as a new season turns for any sport. And right now, the Gamecocks are rolling in every sport across the board. I appreciate you all tuning in. Folks that are listening in right now, if you're traveling for Turkey Day or you've already arrived at your destination, I hope you and your family stuff your faces, but most importantly, give thanks to one another, spend time with each other, and just know that the Gamecocks and Clemson Tater game is two days away. I can't wait. I'm recording this on Wednesday right now, and I'm about to hit the road back to Beaufort to spend time with my family. But I told myself I was going old school form and recording this episode straight podcast. No video, no nothing, just me and the mic talking about the cocks. You know, looking back on last week, huge win against Auburn, one that I predicted earlier on in the season when we were going game by game, I just had a feeling that with everything that happened with Mike Bobo, Will Friend, who's not a friend in me, leaving to go to Auburn, the Gamecocks and Shane Beamer had this one circled, it just timed up perfectly. And now, looking ahead... Again, that Auburn game's in the rearview mirror. We've got our eyes on the prize. We are locked in for a bowl game, which I think the Gamecocks are going to like some of the destinations that we're looking towards in December and January. But our eyes are on the prize, and we see the Tigers ahead. The Tigers of Clemson. The Tigers that have beat us for the last six years. Ugh. It is nauseating to think about it, but it's excitement to know that we're two days away with a realistic chance to win this ballgame. I truly believe that. I don't think it's just Garnet Glasses, Cox by 90, saying we have a chance. This is Cox by 90 and Shaw me telling you we have an effing chance. Because Clemson, which has been noted by Beamer and the players, has not played in front of 60,000 or more fans in the past couple years. I think if you have your note card and you're taking notes during this episode, star that statistic. The Gamecock faithful, all of you rowdy 80,000 screaming cat fans, are going to make a huge difference Saturday night. I want to get a little bit more into the game matchups and talk about what I'll be looking forward to most Saturday. But the first thing's first. I'm going to be looking forward to that big old tailgate come Saturday. 
We are going to be cheersing. We're going to be shot taking. We're going to be stuffing our faces knowing that it's going to be a battle come Saturday night at 7.30 on the SEC Network. There's nothing more than I love than a good game cocktail gate. And I'll be doing it right down the road from Carolina Walk Park, right across from the Loose Cockaboose, right in the RT Gear parking lot. And I hope you all that are listening to this, if you're close by, come say hey, grab a koozie, grab a rally towel. Let's get ready to shake Williams-Brice Stadium. Now on to the game, because I want to talk about some important matchups that I'll be keeping an eye out for. First things first, the Heisman hopeful, DJ Uangle. His statistics right now are borderline awful. 1,960 passing yards on the season. He's only thrown nine touchdowns and has eight interceptions to go along with it. The guy that was predicted to be the Heisman hopeful and Heisman frontrunner has only thrown nine touchdowns this year. That, my friends, is piss poor. And I know Taterland, upstate, they are all up in arms. They've had these generational quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence. They thought DJ was going to step right on in and just keep riding the coattails. Well, I'll tell you this, folks. I watch Clemson games just as tough or as much as I watch Gamecocks games. You, they always say, follow your enemies closer, and that's what I do with the Taters. I've watched DJ this season, and any team that generates some sort of pass rush and gets him off his first read absolutely has him shook. He is an errant thrower. He doesn't have precision passing. He doesn't use his legs. This guy is, I mean, he's almost equivalent to the Colin Hill we had last year. Think about that. We could be going up against Colin Hill, but he's just wearing purple and orange. That's how you got to look at this game. And what do you do with the statue in that pocket? You throw missiles at him. You throw blitzers at him. You literally shake the pocket. And I'm telling you this, I'm going back to the fans. If we can get rowdy, if we can get loud early and get a lead, it's going to be extremely important. Now, Cam Smith, not looking promising for him to play Saturday. Very, very unfortunate loss. But I do like, and this is the only silver lining, that he went out early and created an opportunity for Marcellus Dial and Darius Rush to continue their progression at the cornerback spot. I think we're going to see them step up, make big plays. Clemson's wide receivers, you name them, they're hurt. They do have some young guns. Bo Collins, very familiar with DJ. They played together. They're starting to get a little bit of a rhythm. But these are not the wide receivers of old. Justin Ross is out. Again, they've had people that have moved on to the NFL. This is not the wide receivers like the Mike Williams and the DeAndre Hopkins. And everybody that you can think of, even Hunter Renfro has given us a hard time. They don't have that. So I will be keeping a close eye out on our defensive backs and how much pressure we can get on DJ Ugagalungale and see if we can force some early turnovers. Get that crowd into it. Force some early turnovers. My eyes will be watching him. 
I also think it's extremely important to realize that their running game is nowhere close to what it's been in years past. Like, not even close. Travis Etienne has been a huge loss for them. Two-time ACC Player of the Year, and I don't think they realize how important he was to their offense because looking at it right now, Will Shipley, five-star recruit, he's run for 550 yards, nine touchdowns. He's really come on as of late, but he's not Travis Etienne. He's not that game-breaker can take the screen and take it 90 yards for a touchdown. He's not going to break your back on third down and 15, taking a draw and putting it up for 30. He's not that guy. He's a very good running back, but he's not that guy. I think we have a better running back than Zaquandre White. What he was able to do in the second half against Auburn and what he's done ultimately probably since the second half of the A&M game has really helped this team turn it on. And when Zaquandre goes, we go. Just the same as Kevin Harris. He had a great first half. Phil Kornblut didn't even watch the first half of the Auburn game because he asked where Kevin Harris was at. I re-watched it this past week. He had 45 rushing yards on eight carries in the first half. Kornblut, Phil, get your act together. Saquandre White, Kevin Harris. Our running backs are better than the Taters. We haven't been able to say that in a long time. At wide receiver, Josh Fan, extremely important Peace to the game this coming weekend. I might have just gotten a bad text update about him, but I'm hoping it's not true. So here's to the fact that Josh Fan, please be healthy, and we're going to need you Saturday night. Please, 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 please be healthy. He's a guy that can take the top over the defense. He's somebody that Jason Brown has really keyed in on, and I think it's extremely important that he's healthy, especially against this Tigers defense that we need all the playmakers we can get. That leads me to Jason Brown, a quarterback who I interviewed on this podcast in February when he committed to the Gamecocks, and he told me we're going to win SEC championship here at Carolina. Well, we didn't win that SEC championship here this year, but if we win that Palmetto State championship Saturday night, that'll be almost just as good, Jason. I think the key with Jason is not forcing any passes. I think if we can limit the turnovers, limit any big, big mistakes, and I'm talking about an interception return for a touchdown or an early pick that takes the fans out of the game, those are the things that I'll be looking for out of Jason. Our defensive line is going to be hungry. They are going to have their ears pinned back. They know this is a vulnerable Clemson Tiger football team And they know that if they get pressure on DJ, it could be a long, long night for their offensive line. Clemson's offensive line, looking across the board, they've had guys transfer out. They've had guys get hurt. This is not – this offensive line is probably equivalent to what I'd say we saw against Florida, potentially Auburn, but Auburn had a pretty decent offensive line. I think if we pin our ears back and we get them in passing situations, which I think that means that we got an early lead, it could be a very, very long night for DJ Ugalungle. Now, do we have a chance? Do we have an effing chance? Let me ponder on that one for just a little bit. And I want to tell you all about a partnership that I had with the university on Tuesday. 
This partnership has been a long time coming. Me as a diehard Cox fan, all I wanted to do was bring awareness to our fans, create a bond, create a family, create something that we can continue to build on at our games, outside of our games, in a community that supports our Cox, and create the idea, ultimately, that everywhere you go, we're talking about the Gamecocks. That's what helps build a national brand and a big brand. Well, Cox by 90, two years, literally two years, we have been doing this. And I was approached by the university to help support the men's basketball team. I love basketball. I went to every basketball game when I was in college. I'll never forget being at the Kentucky game when the headlines read, Downey goes Kentucky. We stormed the court. It was amazing. They reached out, and I said, I am open arms to help them. So what we've done is we've created a CB90 section in 109. Might as well call it 1090. CB90, baby. We have discounted tickets for anybody that sits in those sections. It's a lower level section. It's great seats. That's where I have my season tickets. So what I'd love for you all to do is go on my social media page, at Cox underscore by underscore 90. If you're going to be in the town for the game this Saturday, stick around and watch the men's game against Ryder on Sunday. It's at 2 p.m., And I think it is going to be a 24-hour party come Saturday when we start tailgating at noon and ride that victory wave, hopefully, into the basketball game Sunday at 2 o'clock. If you've watched our basketball team over the past week and a half, we've had some big wins. UAB last Thursday was probably the biggest win to date. That team is projected right now to be a 12 seed in the tournament on ESPN for the Bracketology. That team is a good ball club. Andy Kennedy has a good ball club at UAB. Tuesday night, huge win against Walford, a team that was shooting the lights out of the ball from three, which is something that they normally do. And we were able to persevere, get through an early rut, come back, and have an 11-point victory. The Gamecocks were only favored by three and a half in this game. I think it's extremely important to realize these mid-major wins are not gimmies. Starting out 4-1 without Keyshawn Bryant, extremely impressive start. Everybody will say, well, we lost to Princeton. Well, guess what? Princeton's a dang good basketball team. I'm not going to say that they're going to be in the tournament, but they won 19 games last year. They're a good basketball team. Don't get frustrated with this team. Come out, support us Sunday, join the CB90 section. I'm going to have white towels laid out for everybody. The Shake This Place towels will be waving in the air, and I can't wait for us all to be celebrating in Colonial Life Arena come Sunday when our men's basketball team takes the floor against Ryder. Talking about the men's basketball team, I can't leave the women out. Huge win against UConn. Huge win against UConn. That was an incredible game. Obviously, Monday at noon, I'm sitting there at work. I have the game streaming on my laptop. Absolutely incredible performance by Don Stady and our Gamecock women's basketball team. They got down early as well. They persevered back, and they ended up blowing the doors out in the third and fourth quarter. I think UConn only scored three points in the final quarter, and it was just an absolute dominating performance Once we turned that corner in the second half, 
They didn't have a chance. I love what I'm seeing out of our women's basketball team. Three top 10 wins so far. If you have a chance to go support these women Gamecocks, go do it. They are going to be special. I think they'll be cutting down the nets come March and April, and it's going to be a fun ride watching these women play. We also have a soccer team that is now in the Elite Eight taking on BYU this Saturday at 3.30. It'll be a great tailgate game to watch. So cheer on our women's soccer team against BYU. We've been winning all across the board. Soccer fields, basketball courts, football fields. Let's continue to do it this weekend. Let's beat BYU in soccer on Saturday and carry that over onto the gridiron Saturday night where it'll be a freezing, cold, great weather football game. All right, let's come on back to that game. Let's come on back to the prediction. Let's come on back to what we've been waiting for for the last 730 days because we didn't have the game last year. I'm looking at this matchup and one thing that's standing out to me. The Gamecocks are 4-1 and one at home. Take that back. The Gamecocks are 5-1 and one at home. What does that tell you? We win when we're at home. The line right now is Clemson minus 11.5. I think that's a lot of points for a Clemson football team that hasn't played in front of 60,000 screaming cop fans. And we're going to have at least 20 more thousand of those Saturday night. We're close to a sellout. I'd expect by the time that you're hearing this podcast that this university would announce that the game is a sellout. So let me tell you this. Close your eyes and bear with me for about 32 seconds. The Gamecocks. It is around 10.15 Saturday night. You are looking next to your loved ones, your Gamecock brethren, and you're saying, I can't believe it. You're screaming and your tears of joy are rolling down your face. And that's because the Gamecocks have just defeated the Clemson Tigers, broken the six-game losing streak 27-17. to You heard it here first. The Gamecocks, 27. The Clemson Taters, 17. Take it on that note card. Write it down. The Gamecocks are breaking the streak Saturday night. That's not a Garnet Glasses point of view. I've got money on the money line. I suggest that you all do the same. I suggest you hammer the 11 and a half. And I suggest you hammer the team total over of whatever Vegas is going to put on the Gamecocks because that's been hitting all year. Trust me on this one. The Gamecocks are going to do it. I have faith in our fans. I have faith in Shane Beamer. And I have faith that you all are going to have a wonderful Thanksgiving tomorrow. And I have faith that we will sell out Williams-Brice Stadium Saturday night. And it is going to be a loud, rowdy, raucous environment that you'll go home and you'll be telling your kids' kids about what happened on Saturday in South Carolina in 2021 
against the Clemson Taters. I appreciate you all tuning in to this Thanksgiving episode of Cox by 90. I appreciate every single one of you because you all have helped build this thing up and we have only just begun. Might as well say it and take the line from coach. We're just getting started. I love you all. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Shoot me a DM if you want to get up for a tailgate Saturday. And let's shake this place.